0: Welcome to Talking Not Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. Welcome to our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. In today's episode, Greg Insular. Insular. Mm, probably been that at least once or twice in my uh,
1: life. Uh, in yeah. a week? In
0: a week? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> I mean, it sounds such a big word, right? Insular. You know, you think, oh, yeah, this is, this is going to be a good topic. But, you know, we all have, I'm certain, been there and I know you got a dictionary uh something uh, a definition coming up which is excellent because let's let's make sure we're all uh, singing on the same uh um uh, song sheet but you know depending on our moods depending on where we are we might not be intentionally insular but unintentionally insular
0: yeah for sure it can be a big thing but it can also be a very benign small thing yeah 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 i agree so uh let's set the stage for this Greg and I have been friends for a long time We've both been managers for a long time. Uh, We've both benefited from other people assisting us in our management development. In every episode, we're going to discuss a situation where we and others have missed the mark. We will start at the perspective of the employee and move on. And we're going to discuss how we have observed others successfully manage these situations. And we're always going to have an underlying theme of a good discussion. And I know we will have a good discussion today, Greg. I know we will. That's for sure. So Insular. So I went to uh, the Oxford Dictionary and I pulled out little snippets of the definition of insular. Ignorant of or uninterested in cultures, ideas, or peoples outside of one's own experience. Or not open to new or different ideas. So, you are in a work environment where you experience some or all of the following. A new manager or boss arrives and immediately makes a series of significant changes and decisions. They aren't interested in how things run and already seem to have their own ideas on what is what. You're in a meeting with your boss and they announce something you think there might be another approach for. They are not open to any new ideas or even a discussion. The boss announces that there will be changes but there is no consultation of any type. They will say what is what. You and the people you work with are discussing an issue with the boss. The situation is unique to everyone involved. The boss looks like a fish out of water and decides without considering anyone else. It's like they are embarrassed and they don't know the answer and just came up with something. In a discussion it is clear that the people in the discussion are all agreed on what the issue is and the best solution. The boss has other ideas and isn't interested in the group's thoughts and proceeds with their own course of action, not providing any real tangible reasons or context. Your boss communicates decisions in a way that is very top-down, offering no opportunity for discussions or questions. Methods like emails or voicemails out of hours or when they are off seem to come at you. So, Greg, how important is this subject, and how does it affect our relationships and the work environment? Well,
1: I got heavy just listening to you talk of those things. You know, so you you feel that, I mean, you know, like it's just like, whatever, I'm done is kind of my reaction to most of those, if not all of those things. And I thought, you know, the one thing that's in there, I think through all of them is, you know, I don't know. It's, I think fear is a big thing. You know, often people are driven by fear um,
0: or inexperience
1: uh, or inexperience and inexperience usually bubbles up fear. Cause if I'm inexperienced, I, I show up in ways that, that are, uh, negative and it really depends upon your personality and your style for sure of how you show up but you know um just a lack of openness um just 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 screams out of almost all of the situations and such a missed opportunity um uh, when you really don't take the time to understand what's going on, you don't take the time to mine the gifts and the ideas and the insights that already exist or exist within your team. It doesn't mean you have to use them all. It doesn't mean you have to do everything that everybody else says, but it'll be just so much more richer when you provide the space to collect that and engage people in the dialogue. But all the examples that you described here is just so bad. And, you know, we've all experienced those times, you know, that, you know, that folks that just think they know everything or, uh, or they're so insecure. They're afraid that, um, they're afraid that, that others' ideas might be better than theirs, which is just so sad. And it creates such a disengaging environment where it'll ultimately end up, uh, losing, people and definitely losing profitability or or, uh, success.
0: I think there is a doom and gloom aspect to this, but there's also kind of a transactional or just benign uh, level to this as well. As someone that's an introvert, but who is a loud one and has no problem working, especially in small partnerships and small groups, as we discussed last week, this is something, you know, someone like myself that has no problem working by himself and, Maybe that guy gets dragged into a meeting and I'm not as open and I'm just, you know, I'm set on what I want to do. Uh, I see myself like this sometimes being very insular in in, in how I conduct uh, things that I do. And it, I always have to constantly remind myself that, uh, you know, it's important to listen to other people's ideas. Um, and, and at the same point, um, I don't like it when people don't want to listen to me, give me a good mm-hmm. hearing and listen to, you know, what I'm thinking about this. At the end of the day, having worked in, you know, paramilitary organizations most of my career, when somebody makes a decision, they make a decision, and that's their decision to make. But one of the things that I've really benefited, even within that structure, is that people are usually willing to give you a fair hearing and then say, listen, this is the decision we're going to make, and this is how it's done. And in paramilitary organization, you go and you do what you need to do. So to me, this can be a doom and gloom thing, but can also be Uh, A smaller, you know, kind of set of times like a transaction or a short period of time, maybe when you're under stress and that. I see this mostly in people that are uh, not confident that uh, they might be new, inexperienced and are unsure of what's going on and maybe overcompensating for the situation that they're in. I think it's something that we can all kind of fall into, though, at, at various stages. There are, you know, that certain level of people that this is what they do all the time. Uh, but most of the time, this is probably folks like us that just find ourselves in a situation, or in a in a mindset, or you know, we're in a certain task, and we're kind of into into our own heads, and and that's what mm. happens. Yeah, you know,
1: it's interesting because you know, I think there's that whole thing around intentional and unintentional, and uh, you know, there are those, and it's usually a small percentage of leaders who are intentionally uh, don't care about culture don't care about other ideas and believe they're they're god's gift to the world and and uh or that they are uh their whole role is to we talked in the disruption yes, uh episode yes. their whole role is to just blow stuff up because that's what they do best and so there are those people most of us though and it's interesting as you were talking two things were bubbling up through my mind is when i'm an expert in something when i am really smart and skilled at something it's easy to discount or or uh, maybe not listen as much because heard it uh, seen it know it um and those are just you know in, in, and it's not intentional it's just that i i have seen it i do know it i've been there so uh, and and if you add on to that a pressure of need to move or change or do something quickly those two combinations can easily end up um, uh, closing your ears to uh, um, other people's ideas uh, because you feel forced there's pressure uh, and you know what you're doing and sometimes you know don't ask questions if you know what you're going to do or you're not gonna if you're if you if you don't if there is no choice involved you know, like, I mean, just, this is what the, the deal is. They've made the decision, however, oh, we're going to do it. Like, at, uh, creating um, false hope, um, you know, is worse. So don't ask if you're really not going to listen. Uh, better to be straight up front and say, listen, um, the boat has sailed.
0: Here's what we're doing. Now we ex- um, Now we just discuss how we execute.
1: Yeah, exactly. They're, they're like, what's within our, our, our center of control with execution. Great comment. Um, so sometimes you just got to do it, but you know, it's, 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 it's when you're either don't really care or, uh, just again, know yourself and how you're responding to the situation.
0: I was laughing when you were talking about, you know, Hey, listen, I have the experience. I have the knowledge in this. Uh, why don't we just be efficient and just agree with me? Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. I probably,
1: uh, whether, whether I've actually led like that, I've certainly felt like that.
0: And practically maybe that's what's happened in the discussion. What should have been a, you know, 50 minute discussion ended up being 11 minutes and we just got to a certain point quicker because that's what I wanted it to do.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Just one of the techniques to hold the space a bit. Uh, cause always, you know, when I have, even if I thought I knew all the answers, mm-hmm. when I have taken the time to listen, and to pull in information. Um, I always get more information. And even if I don't get more information, you get greater buy-in. So whatever you're doing, if people feel that they've contributed to something that you already know, like who cares?
0: Well, Greg, you foreshadowed the first point on the manager side. Ah, here we go. If there is a discussion, you should have the intention that it be an actual discussion, that you hold the space, as you said, that you listen to people, maybe ask some questions to clarify it if you don't understand where they're coming from. You know, give people, you know, if you have a 50-minute meeting about this, then there should be a 50-minute meeting about this. And, you know, I'm all for efficiency, but uh, uh, like you said, somebody could come up with something that you really haven't considered and didn't really think about.
1: And it's really hard, though, because, you know, if you really, especially if you're that expert, it's so hard because you just sometimes you, you – know what you want, and so you just, you know, you, you almost don't want to take time to to think through it. So uh, um, you definitely have to be, uh, you definitely have to be aware of your tendencies to to maybe lock your brain out to not listening.
0: Well, that's interesting because, you know, both you and I have experience in different areas, and the trap is, yes, you might have the base, no- you might have a expert or a really high-level knowledge and experience in doing something. But you might not have it in this company in the way that they execute it and in maybe their customer base or whatever it is. So, yeah, you may come in with the goods, but the situation you've now found yourself may have a very different environment that you have to apply that into. And so, yeah, it's great that you bring all this, this pearls of wisdom and things like that, but you really need to be open and understand the lay of the land where you found yourself. Yeah, there's a guy by the name of Bob
1: Sutton. He's a psychologist and... He calls it sham participation. Sham participation. And, I love that. Yeah, yeah. Like listen when you've already made up your mind, you know, like, I mean, just, just, you know, like, like it's, it's the worst because, you know, people can read you too, you know, especially if you, if in the you first are, two right? minutes, in the first in, two minutes, they figured you out. And if you're a sham artist, boy, they, uh, they could see you coming.
0: So the next one, are you in your head in a situation? Sometimes things like this sneak up and you forget that you have people and resources around you. And especially if you're, you know, maybe putting position paper a memo or a presentation together and you're like, you're in it. It's like, I am going to, you know, knock their socks off with this. And you get into your head and you forget that there's other people, other ideas, other experiences in the room.
1: I agree. And again, add to the stress of it something that needs to be done quickly, then you get in your head. I know that I find myself sometimes that I'll get into a deep spin. You know, if I overthink something, it, it's like it digs, it grinds down deeper and deeper and deeper. And it's hard to get out of that. And uh, so you, I know you always say on our podcast, who are you talking to? Um, having that um, a safe community, that inner circle, that you can ask, even if it's not your team itself, like who do, who is out there? and then I also how do you how do you know when you're going down that pathway? I know when I'm in my head, I start to spin, I start to feel kind of crunchy inside. Um, I that I have lots of signals that tell me
0: uh, where I am. You know other people are irritating you because they're coming up with suggestions and ideas. It's just too much, Greg.
1: hmm exactly, exactly.
0: And are you feeling insecure because you are new or perhaps inexperienced with the subject matter? Sometimes we try and overcompensate in these situations, and we become very insular. We think that we need to be the people to come up with the solution or, or solve the problem. Especially if
1: you're new. You know, it's something that we just... And depending on where we are in our career, if this is a big move, if people are have talked to us about bringing your expertise and knowledge to the table, and that's really great. But we all know that from a buy-in perspective, it's always better to ask questions. And you know, I um, I always uh, when I've started in a new role, and I do this a lot for our clients, is do a new leader integration. Um, and the new leader integration just allows you to kind of share what you know and what you don't know, what you bring and what you're looking to tap into. And it it actually kind of lays the foundation for you not to feel insecure. It's almost like the most employees these days want authentic leaders and authentic leaders are ones that say, listen, I know I've got great experience here and here and here. And this is what I'm going to bring. I'm going to contribute my ideas to the team but I don't have experience in this specific business or this specific area and those type of things. And I'm hoping that I can tap, tap into that boy, setting that up at the beginning is just so powerful. And yet we, we often do the opposite. We go into the insecure mode and, and, uh, um, and it shows up.
0: Well, Greg, I'll ask you the question. Have you worked for somebody that perhaps doesn't have the same, uh, amount of knowledge and experience as you do in certain things? I have, it oh. doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter to me. I, I'm looking for authentic leadership. I, I've worked for people that I know a bunch of stuff more than they do and they bring other expertise into it and they're my boss. And anytime we have to problem solve, then we just get together and, and we share our wisdom.
1: Yeah. Yeah. you know, we've talked before on the podcast for me, it may be the number one thing that makes great leaders is curiosity Mm -hmm. and curiosity is, Oh, gee, I didn't know that. Or wow, that's different from what I thought. Tell me more, you know, uh, That's not been my experience. Uh, Tell me how it's been your experience and what's resulted in that. I mean, those are just such great questions. Um, But if you lack curiosity, um, then you're going to be insular.
0: And if a critical decision must be made at that moment, advise the group of the decision and the context, and perhaps open up time later on to discuss or even have a debrief. Greg, uh, I've worked in paramilitary organizations. We've had to deal with critical incidents where Uh, decisions are made. Uh, Often there isn't even a verbal discussion about it. People just know what to do and things have to get done. And, and what I liked about those decisions is quite often informally, we would discuss it afterwards, like that went well, or that could have gone better. And we have a, a, a discussion amongst ourselves, like the supervisors, I was a supervisor for most of my police career. We would sit there afterwards and have a little conversation about it. And, uh, you know, everybody, you know, at the end is kind of nodding and stuff like that. There's times when a decision just has to be made. And if it's your position to make that decision, you make it, you give as much uh, information or context as you can, execute, and afterwards, take the opportunity to debrief or just have a, a discussion with everybody about it just to see thoughts and learnings. Yeah, you know, I I
1: agree. And this one, um, many organizations these days are doing a lot of work around role clarity and uh, decision making um to to be up front when it's not critical to know okay these are the things that we're going to discuss these will be in dialogue i will be the final decision maker but in these kinds of things i i may have just made the choice so just know that these are the things if you know that up front then it, when when those critical decisions come up that have to be made in the moment it's like oh no they didn't ask me any questions it's like oh yeah this is one of those um and then to your point, there's always space for input and dialogue, usually around the execution, the how. Um, so just use the space. Like this is, we, you know, we talked about this earlier that I, you know, this is uh, critical. We don't have a choice in this situation. This is what's happening. We Let's talk about what we do have control over and let's have some dialogue around what do we do with this? You know, then, then it kind of clears the plate. It's wishy-washy and you don't really understand what you own, what you don't own then people can be wandering around and talking about stuff that really they have no control over. So why talk about it? Um, uh, talk about impact. Talk about how people are feeling. That's always good. But just don't try to create that false sense of, of uh, authority for decision-making because sometimes you just you can't.
0: And are you married to some idea? If so, say why. You're the boss and people expect you to act like the boss. They just want context. They know that they will not always be happy with any decision that you make. Sometimes they're just not happy. But if you are set on something, then just talk about it.
1: Yeah, I, I love that. And, it, and you know, it's, it, this is one of those things that as a, as a, as a leader, you know, we talk a lot about how am I entering into the space. So if you're going into a, a meeting, um, taking a couple of minutes up front and saying, okay, of this topic, what am I really fired up about? What are the, um, things that I, um, uh, that I don't really think there's any, I'm made up my mind. I want to do this and why, like really just understanding what's going on in your head, um, and in your heart before you enter into a space. Because if, if you know that you're really married to an idea, sometimes you can say that you say, you know, a well, lesson. I'm, uh, I'm really passionate about this. And, and I know that I might be a little biased towards this idea because I love it. Um, so I'm going to really try to be open in the space here, but I, you know, like, just be honest and uh, people really respect that.
0: I like that. I'll go, Oh, okay. Greg's at the top of the mountain. Now, if I want what I want, I'm going to have to push him off and explain to him why these things should happen. Why, what my point of view is. I love that. And listen, right. this runs right into the next point. It's like I wrote it. Uh, you picked your employees for a reason, so shouldn't you use them as a resource in discussions? Some of them are pro- probably have experience or subject matter expertise. It is really useful, and they might have more of it than you do. I love that. I heard a statement. Uh, um, I think it was also in that Bob Sutton interview that I heard,
1: and he said, argue like, argue like you are right, listen like you are wrong. Mm, I like that. I like that a lot. You know, and and that's you know, uh, especially if you know the building into the first one. If I'm married to an idea, um, and something, and somebody has something else. If I listen like I'm wrong, then then who that just it just makes me just it 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 changes that mindset right, and and it opens me to what's behind what they're saying that's different.
0: And if you find yourself being insular, reach out and have a discussion with someone you trust and talk it through. Maybe a coach or a consultant. It's not, I wonder if one of those is on this uh, podcast. Yeah. Uh, and it could be a good resource. Or tee up someone senior on a team or another team to provide key insights. I remember, uh, Greg, I was doing an internal investigation when I was in the police. And uh, there, there was a, a person in authority that was really struggling with being in authority. And I watched another senior person take them aside and over months would spend time with them uh talking with them sharing with them this person was outside of what i was doing and and uh just really had a whole series of fireside chats i'd like to i'm gonna call it that and it's just so important that if you find yourself in a situation that type of camaraderie that um that ability to talk to somebody outside of your present circumstance to just walk through you know am i being insular why and how can I perhaps address this? Getting somebody else to talk with about this, especially if they're not involved intimately in what's going on, is a really, really good thing.
1: I agree. I agree. And um, I often what I will do as a, from a coaching perspective with this... Greg, are you a coach? Will, uh, are you a coach? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. I will actually have them... Um, if I'm really focused uh, on, I only see one way. So, you know, that going back to that, I'm married to something and I'm really locked into this decision. I will often sometimes physically have them, okay, um, what I want you to do is stand up and move to this other chair. From this perspective, what's another way of looking at this? Tell me something different. Oh, so, I love the physicality yeah. of that. It It is so powerful uh, of, of that. You're right, because that different perspective. But actually, if you move, there's there's something different about it or you know the other one that we've done before is you switch positions so if you got two people that are in so i like really focused on something you say okay alistair um take greg's position and uh, and and greg you take alistair's position i want you to argue uh from that perspective it's just so rich because it forces you to get out of your box because we just get stuck in like they're deep ruts it's not, and again it's not you know the when when the when the soul is muddy, it's not sometimes even your fault. You just get stuck in the mud.
0: And the next point is don't dive people with dive bomb people with decisions after hours or in ways that don't facilitate good, healthy group discussions. Think about how you talk to people and communicate with people. Greg, I don't know how many times over the last 20 years Uh, I've woken up in the morning and there's an email with a huge decision that really, really needed a discussion. And somebody's like sent it like at five o'clock in the morning or six o'clock in the morning or after hours at night. It doesn't matter what communication you package around that decision. um, You know, it's closed. There's no point in having discussion. It's already been made. And and I understand that people work different hours and stuff. But these days, the technology is so good that if you're typing an email at three o'clock in the morning, because that's when you do your best work. You can put it on a timer so it comes out at nine o'clock and you really have to make yourself available. Like, you know, just saying you're available or, Hey, if you want to talk about it, which means you don't, uh, just contact me. I I don't like that stuff. I, I believe that that's a sign of being insular as well. And, uh, you know, when you're a boss, your job is to have, you know, make decisions and, you know, make it possible for people to do their jobs and help problem solve. And you can only do that by actually having a discussion, make them part of the team. I agree. I agree. And, I, um, uh, something else I heard recently too, which is really
1: helpful. I don't know if I ever share this on our podcast is that, uh, if you have a meeting, um, if you, you have regular meetings, um, one suggestion is replace agenda items with questions. So if you've got to just, which I just thought was so powerful, right? I love so that. I love that. A, yeah. You know what? So just like, Like, here are the three questions that we are going to discuss that we need to come to. So bring your thoughts and ideas around these three questions, and we will... Uh, We will have dialogue together. That is so powerful because it focuses. And that you can send ahead of time because it allows people to start thinking about it. But, um, uh, yeah, I just thought that was was a really interesting way of shifting away from being insular. And this is the decision we're going to do it versus here's the questions that we need to address together.
0: I think our next um, uh, episode topic might have to be agenda. And I'm not going to say a lot more about agenda other than, you know, it's really good to have an accurate agenda, perhaps with subject matter and questions. I think it's going to be, I don't know if we've done one yet, but I'm going to look back. I think that's our next topic, Greg. Sounds good. And what kind of workplace do you want? It is up to you in part what it's going to be. And people, if you're the manager or the supervisor or the boss or whatever you are, People feed off your energy. So, you know, how are you showing up to meetings, to decision making, uh, you know, walking around the office or whatever your office looks like these days? Because I have to be careful because there's different types of, of work setups these days. But, you know, what kind of workplace do you want? You need to do something about it. It's partly your responsibility.
1: Yet again, we'll come back to as a leader, uh, and it's become more and more the case. Um, uh, leaders today are all about creating the space uh, for people to perform at their best. That's the definition of what a leader does. They create the space. So that is the, that the, this is one of those key ones with, with regards to that. So you, and it's within whatever is your control. As we talk, well, there's some things that you don't have control over, but in your limited space, what do I have control over? And whatever I have control over within that space that I have control over, how do I free up the potential of people um, to do the best they can do to deliver against what we're trying to deliver? That's my job, and uh, you have that, that that choice. You might there might be lots of stuff you can't control, even if you are the manager. Well, let that stuff go because you can't. Um, uh, control it. But what can you control? It's it's really it is up to you. And and people will feed off of the environment that you create.
0: As an employee, what can you do to assist in this situation? Show up at all meetings, ready to listen and participate in a healthy way.
1: Yeah, you know what? This is really tough. So how do you know? As a, let's from a from an employee perspective, you've got a really insular leader let's say they are the first one that intentionally insular which is you know they don't really give a crap what do you do what do you do as i mean yes i'm going to show up to all meetings ready to listen and participate in a healthy manner but if my boss is annoyingly doesn't really matter and and uh you know and and really says this is the way it is and you think that's the dumbest thing that i've ever heard of in my life like how do you how do you deal with that well part of it is just again that center of control like if i if if i don't have any control then i have control over still how i respond in the moment um how courageous i want to be in the moment maybe say something and and bring forward uh i'm worried you know the the three unarguable statements that i always talk about i'm i'm thinking feeling sensing and you know just to contribute it because most leaders aren't intentionally insular most leaders aren't there just to you know disrupt most there's something behind it and you have an opportunity by how you show up to shift to create the positive ripple might not be a big one but it's big enough to to make a difference
0: greg you're not going to like what i'm going to say what but uh you know i can be passive aggressive right
1: ah uh, sometimes sometimes i yeah. that
0: so i'm not going to say where i was working what i was doing but long time ago uh there was a series of regular meetings and there was a group of us, and it was the worst meeting. So I just didn't go for a year and a half. I didn't go. I just didn't go. It just was, uh, there's always things to do. And I, you ask, you know, how do you deal with, you know, an insular situation? And I knew I didn't really have to go. It wasn't one of those types of meetings. I just didn't go. I just, I just, listen, this is just going to make me frustrated you know um i've got things to do nothing comes out of it it's somebody's idea of something you know what something should look like and so you know i'm going to hang my head here not really uh but say greg i just didn't go i it just wasn't worth my time it wasn't worth anybody's time to go to it so um there was one insular situation that i just didn't go I, I just didn't want anything to do with it. It, it 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 just brought me down greg it just brought me down
1: i love that actually i just was uh listening to a uh, adam grant podcast called uh why meetings suck and what to do about them and um the one guy said uh he said well he's what he would do is he just he gets up and leaves now he says you got to be smart of course politically if it's something you can't do but um he he said he will get up he's a prof but he says i will get up and leave and people say well, like, well how can you do that and he said well or you can you know for me it's even asking you know do you really need me there You know, so so there are ways that you can boldly ask questions. We get stuck in this this madness of uh, uh, being there. It's not effective. Or if you're in a situation where your boss or someone else is not listening, especially if it's someone who you're working with, then, you know, I I think you got to lean into to saying something if you can. Um, or lean out because if it's ongoing and you're feeling that you have nowhere to move because the person's not listening, then you got you got to make bigger choices, and that might be to leave the organization.
0: Oh, well, it was funny. Uh, eventually, the person leading the discussion came to me and said, uh, "Alistair, you never show up for the meeting." I go, "This is all we talk about. This is mm-hmm. this is all that happens." So I am you. You know my caseload. I've got a million things to do. I do not have an hour and a half to listen to this happening which doesn't go anywhere or help anything i'm sorry and the person just shrugged and nodded and that was it so i just took that in my passive aggressive way as permission i didn't have to go but yes there was a discussion about it and i I was very clear about you know what my concern was and and that you know in a in a place that you had to work so fast and so hard an hour and a half is a very long time. So I just, uh, I checked out, but I did, I did have a discussion. It was a very frank discussion and I appreciate the person listening to me and, and kind of acknowledging my point and nothing changed. So I, I didn't go back, but, um, yeah. So the, the next point is, um, uh, ask good questions. I love questions because they, they, they bring a level of, um, of curiosity, they bring, uh, a, a, like, a, there's nothing better than a really good question because it's like a marker. It's like, oh, we didn't think of that. We didn't consider that. We didn't consider that person. I love a really good question. Even if I'm the person being uh, insular or I'm leading the discussion, I just want to go, like I'm results-oriented, and somebody brings a really good kind of show-stopping question done in a healthy way, it is such a good thing.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well that's again where those three unarguable questions or statements are really helpful i'm i'm feeling i'm thinking i'm sensing so you can actually bring that up because because if your boss in the if you're in a situation where your boss has an idea and they're really stuck on it um uh even asking about the the idea is a good question even if it's not one of the statements saying so alistair uh Here's what I hear. I hear this is really important to this, this, and this. Did I get that right? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. The one thing that I was thinking about that uh, that I'm wondering if we haven't taken into consideration is this. Is that something that we should be thinking about? So there are ways in which you can, you know, even with a, with a boss who's really focused, you know, acknowledge that you understand what they're wanting to do and why they want to do it. And then say one other thing that I'm thinking about is this: is that something we consider? So building upon, you know, it's like the and versus the but. Because if you, uh, if you're, if in the case you're the employee and the manager is so focused on something, yeah, but but if we do that, this is going well. You know what that's going to do? That just builds the walls really quickly. Versus if you say, yeah, and let me let me confirm why and what. Okay, that's right. And the other thing I was thinking about that we might want to take into consideration is this. It's a lot easier. You've now opened the the boss's mind. Because again, we talk about most bosses aren't intentionally insular. It's usually there's pressure or knowledge base or whatever that forces them into that.
0: Well, that kind of slides into the next point, Greg. Uh, if things didn't go well, try and book a one-on-one with your manager to have a lower temperature conversation, especially if things got a little heated or people are a little ticked off. To calm things down, perhaps share some good And frank ideas or questions and maybe take a like-minded person with you i've had a a number of occasions where somebody's come in to talk to me afterwards or i've done the same and and when you take people out of the room and they've had a chance to go get a coffee or have their lunch or go for a walk or whatever they do quite often coming back um it's easier to have a good conversation and to have two of you go in there uh, i've done that strategically uh, where I know there might be a little bit of resistance to a good conversation, bringing somebody in as well that's like-minded and is a good communicator uh, often is a really good fit for that situation.
1: Yeah, we know we say in all of our podcasts the number the first thing you need to do is know your people, and that's also know your manager and oh, know yeah. how they best receive it. So often you're right, even saying those things in a meeting, especially if they're new and you know they want to make a uh, an important start. Um, that might be more appropriate to do it afterwards one-on-one and still say, hey, one other thing I was thinking about was this. um, And I worry, you probably, you may not have the full context of what's actually happened, Alistair, since you're, you know, relatively new here. But just in case, I wanted you to be aware that this is what occurred six months ago before you started. And that may impact the decision of what we're doing. Might not, but just wanted you to be aware of it and not caught off guard.
0: I like that. I like that a lot. And be a calming and positive person on the team. Don't participate in that negative cycle. You were talking about yourself being in a negative cycle, but don't participate in the negative cycle that can be created in these types of situations.
1: Yeah, and it's okay to call out what you're feeling. You know, clearly, folks, you know, I don't know about anybody else. But this is this is a stressful decision and stressful process with regard to it, and I think it's important for us to just keep focused. Because I don't know about you, but when I get when I get uh, crunchy, I sometimes don't listen as well. So I just I don't know. Is anybody else feeling that way? Is there something we can do just to kind of calm us in the room so that we can put our best foot forward in dr- addressing this issue? I mean, even something like that, demonstrating by example is a positive thing.
0: And if the situation continues and you're worried about the uh, proper discussion or information is being listened to, uh, put it in an email or memo. Be professional and non-confrontational at all times. Maybe even mention to your boss that you're providing some information or ideas for them to consider that they might not know because it was pre-them. It was uh, you know, under a previous manager or a previous uh, project or case or whatever it is. We talked about this in another podcast about the importance of sometimes papering what you do and, and providing them with some information and perhaps, you know, when they're in a more receptive kind of reading mode or whatever they're doing, uh, number one, I think it's informative, but it also covers you and your position and, and to show them that, you know, you care about what's going on. You care a lot about what's going on. You want the best product idea or whatever you do to come out of these things.
1: Yeah. I'll often go those food for thought or thought starters. Because then it's, then it's like, I'm not telling you. It's like to, to here's some things that you may not know. Here's some experiences that I've had for consideration. And in the end, they can choose to do what they want with it. But sometimes it's easier to articulate it on an email versus it is verbal. And some of us are more verbal. Some of us are, are better at writing and know yourself and know what's the best way to present your insights and ideas
0: and perhaps have a discussion with the manager or maybe someone else in manager or human resources about how communications take place quite often the way that managers or leaders communicate with their employees is actually the problem it's not done in a way that uh you know people feel part of what's going on or you know part of the team or the group or whatever your department however you're you're put together and and sometimes it's just a matter of style it just creates confrontation or feeling excluded or something like that. Uh, there's some people that are really good at communicating and there's other people that it just isn't their jam. They don't even think about it. And, and quite often, uh, you know, I know, uh, you know, it is common in the police. It's been common in other places that, you know, senior executives or, or sometimes people get sent on a course or they get to talk to somebody. I mean, Greg, this is what you do, right? You go and mm-hmm. you have these types of conversations with people to help them be more effective in dealing with people and I themselves agree. I and think. themselves. I-
1: yeah, I agree and you know it's just uh it's 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 just uh you know you can set it up well. Always the only thing I would I would add to this one is make sure that when you're having the discussions you start with a really clear intention. Absolutely. You know and the intention is really just, you know, hey, I'm I'm worried about uh, our, our successfully bringing this project. So I have some thoughts. I'm wondering if I could share with you or something, whatever it is, like like set it up well so that the person knows that my intention is to support the success of the project or you as a leader, or whatever that might be. I like just, just make sure it's clear.
0: And if that isn't going well, and I know Greg, most companies and corporations and organizations have an anonymous mailbox to send some concerns and especially if you're you're articulating it in a way that shows that you're just concerned about something, uh, sometimes that's what it takes. Because not everybody is self-aware enough to know that they're really missing the mark. And, and even when people come by to talk to them or give them some indication, they don't see it. They think they're doing yeah. great. And sometimes it takes a little bit of internal pr- pressure to get somebody to reach out and, and, and do some stuff. And most, most companies, most, most government agencies I've worked for have these anonymous things. And especially when you, you know, if you're stuffing it full of crap, you're just complaining, uh, um, you know, that might be the way you feel, but especially if you articulate it a certain way and perhaps other people do as well. Um, sometimes it take that's what it takes for somebody to kind of get the nudge to, you know what? I need to, I need to look at how I'm, how I'm operating here. And, and perhaps I do need, Uh, something to help me explore this
1: i agree 100 percent. and i you know again it's the majority of leaders who may be perceived as insular are not intentionally intentionally insular they are unintentionally insular and therefore some but sometimes the further along they are uh, if they aren't able to listen to what you say directly or you know it's like always the process go to the person first express your ideas and concerns but if that doesn't work then, then what's the next layer and it usually is hr or anonymous whistleblower or something like that 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 adds into it that might pull it up there go to them first uh, like have the courage to do that first because that's the most important thing unless there's some really thing you're worried about and then that's what those extra lines are ready for
0: i agree i agree and again what type of workplace do you want be that person and and find that place help make that place uh, part of that responsibility lies on you as well.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. It starts on both sides. We all have opportunities to influence and create those positive ripples wherever we are.
0: So, Greg, wrap up.
1: Yeah. Well, you know what? In, you know, again, I think at the very beginning talked about being this idea of being ignorant or or uh, or uninterested in culture, ideas, or people outside of my own experience, or not open to new and different ideas. That definition is really powerful and it can be intentional like there are a small percentage of people who are just i don't really care about the world i'm the i'm the gift of the world i know everything you know nothing and i'm going to do that but that's such a small amount of people and usually how we become insular is fear is um you know pressure is uh, overconfidence all those things uh, can be. And it never, never helps. Uh, um, it always hurts. It never enables greater success or performance. So starts with understanding myself of what are the things that I'm most passionate about and I can get stuck in myself on. You know them uh, and just be ready. Prepare for yourself when you're going into meetings, especially if you're hyper or ex- are excited about something. If you're the employee or the manager, know where your energy lies and then lean into curiosity because, uh, curiosity is a good antidote to, uh, insularness, if that's a word.
0: Sounds good. Maybe you've made yeah. up a word, Greg. You're uh, sitting in the uh, dark. I, Are
1: you okay there? I do. I realized that. Yes, I'm no, I don't. I, can I barely it's, see it's you got, now. It's gotten dark out there. I look okay. like I'm a ghost or something.
0: That's something. Um, I agree. Um, you know, obviously when we started this and I laid out a scenario, it was all doom and gloom most of the times when i've dealt with this either personally myself being insular or other people around me it's been something they've just drifted into and 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 it's something that just needed kind of a course correction i mean i have been in a couple of situations that were just totally out of hand and you do what you have to do but this is something that uh you know i always ask the question who are you talking to you know when you're in a position of authority whether you're a supervisor manager leader whatever you are you know, are you having a constant conversation with somebody and having a really good conversation and say, listen, I'm feeling some, like I'm getting the cold shoulder from my crew, like I don't understand what's going on. And then hopefully that person that you talk to then starts to ask them the, the proper questions and you realize, oh, maybe they're ticked off with me. Oh, now let's discuss that. and 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 those types of conversations, you know, not having those conversations, you know, to make sure that you're okay is actually insular in itself. And so I think if you're in a position of authority, especially if you're in a new position of authority, you, you have an ongoing conversation with somebody about it just to, you know, bring some reality to the situation. And and maybe that person asks just some good frigging questions that may really make you think about how things are going on. I agree. And it comes down to
1: knowing yourself because some of us are more internal in our approach. So it's not even intentional, right? So if you know that and you, especially if you know when I get busy or when I get excited about things, so. I, you know, in my career, there was a couple of times with me, it would be excitement insular. So I would get insular because I was excited about something. And so I, I think I've said this on the podcast before. I had a couple of folks that when they saw me getting fired up and excited, they, that, that uh, too much, they knew I was going to lose sight of what was really happening around. You were
0: going to lose the group.
1: I was going to lose the group. So we just knew. And I I proactively said, folks, I know that one of my gifts is creating energy and moving stuff forward. And when I get too excited and I get too energized, I don't listen. Uh, and I lose sight of the broader picture to create enough space to going forward. So I give you full permission to call me out, give me a signal, pull me aside, whatever that might be, but I want to create yellow card. card. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So whatever it is, just know yourself. And then to your point, surround myself with folks that will help, um, just help watch me so that I don't swing too far one way or another.
0: That's great. Um, listen, folks, we hope that some of what we've spoken about you find helpful. We hope we didn't say anything that, uh, you find offensive or made you angry, but Greg, Your philosophy for sure uh, falls well on this episode. Yeah, we end each of
1: our podcasts with a great insight and guidance from my first coach. And she said, uh, Greg, in our conversations, there are going to be things that we talk about that are going to get you excited. And you're going to feel good about And there are going to be other things that are going to get you crunchy and you might even be a little annoyed at. And um, listen to both, she said, because there's gold and insights in both. And just pause and dive a little deeper, pick up what you want to pick up, learn what you want to learn, and then let go. So we hope in our podcast that there uh, are moments that maybe you got excited about, that you uh, are saying, yeah, yeah, I've been doing that. I'm making progress. And there might be some things that you either disagree with or or maybe you're not doing. And just, just reflect and say, well, why am I crunchy about that? And is there anything in here for me to learn? And uh, so we hope you get a little bit of both.
0: That's awesome. Um, shout out, mm-hmm. Warsaw, Poland. Welcome to the club.
1: Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. We've had a fair amount of folks from uh, the Eastern part of uh, Europe and, uh, that have joined us over the last little while. And we're just so grateful that wherever you are, that, uh, some of these insights and ideas or problems that we've, uh, created or experienced, um, uh, help inform you as a, as if you're a manager or as you're a team member.
0: I think it's awesome. Okay, Mm -hmm. um, I'm good. Are you good? I'm good. Listen, folks, people matter. Take the time with the people you work with. They're an important part of your job, your success, or your failure. Talk to you next time. Take care.